Kevin, when we first began Elite Heat, like two, three years ago, if you had have told me that on a Friday night SmackDown, December 2023, I'd be sitting there watching my screen saying Cody Rhodes, the top babyface star of the company, CM Punk, the biggest wrestling draw of the past 10 years, face-to-face, in the middle of the show, getting like OMG, holy bleep reactions. I wouldn't believe you. I'd think you were pulling my leg, having a laugh. But that, that's Kevin, that's where we're at. We're going to get to all of it as far as how we've got there in 2023 and all that. But first, Kevin, how you doing, pal? I'm great, pal. It's a Friday night. It's like 10.30 p.m. for me. Uh, this time last week, I was at the club getting lit. But tonight, I'm here for the listeners, pal. For the great listeners. Spotify Wrapped came out. Speaking of the great listeners, what a transition, pal. From clubs to Spotify Wrapped. Uh, I, I'm the king of podcasting, pal. So, now, we had, I think it was 11 people that had us as their number one podcast on Spotify. And it was neither one of us. You know, we didn't listen to our podcast that much. You and I oh. collectively. So there's 11 yeah. people out there that listen to us as their number one podcast. That is incredible. Thank you all. Uh, so many amazing statistics. Uh, the Spotify numbers are going crazy recently, thanks to Pepsi Phil. Shout out yeah. to Pepsi Phil, the biggest draw in wrestling. It, you said the past decade. I don't know. Yeah. Is he is? I don't know. Maybe he is. But uh-huh. man, it's crazy. Thank you all so much for listening. Five star reviews on Spotify, please. If you hear us, Apple Podcasts, five stars. I mean, that helps us get us into the algorithm, and yeah, that that's what we need. That that's what we do it for, pal. Kevin, yeah, and those Spotify rap numbers you mentioned, so for the listener's context, Kevin sent me these the other day, and I don't listen to our show on Spotify or the audio platforms. I'll watch us back on YouTube. I'll leave YouTube comments. That's all I do. So we've got, I think it was 2025, somewhere in that ballpark, who have us as like our top five podcasts I listen to, Yes, which is nuts. Crazy. I mean, that's insane. Um, hopefully in 2024, we can just keep building on that. That's a really good base. Um, you guys support us, listen to us, make our show possible. I listen to our shows back and think this is a pretty good podcast. I like to think, uh, not to you know toot the elite heat horn, pal, but I think you know we're going along with what WWE is doing pretty well. We're producing good content, they're producing good content, and there's content to laugh at with a uh, good old good old pal Tony in uh, Jacksonville. So we'll get to all of it, Kevin. This is we have a loaded run sheet as we always do. This is the first of our big year in review podcast shows. Um, we've got late hate 25 awards, big calls for 2024. So I was starting here though, Kevin, um, anything else you want to say, or we can just jump right into it. Uh, let's get to it, pal. 2023 has been a hell of a year. I'm ready to uncover it all, but let's talk about it from top to bottom, pal. Yeah. So Kevin, I, I want to start off with WrestleMania season. Now yes. we're not going to go show by show with this. We're not going to review. Oh my God. And in the second week of January, this event happened in the third week, this event how I've done this, how I put this together, WrestleMania season generally, I thought it was quite a success this year. I think across the board, um, this stretch I'm talking about, it's Royal Rumble through about Backlash. So about January through April, that general sort of time period. We're lumping a few things together, but just generally it should be all fine. I want to ask you, Kevin, I mean, obviously it was super successful. They broke all sorts of records in WWE. You could make a list of all of them. Triple H went over it in the WrestleMania 39 post-show press conference, as he always does. He reads off all the records they've broken which I find hilarious. We set the record for most attendance, most net revenue, most merchandise, most Cody t-shirts sold. Wait, I'll, that's, I love Triple H post-show press conferences. Anyway, 
With that being said, Kevin, general question for you, just to kick it off. WrestleMania 39, that was the big event of 2023. Just how good was it this year? And uh, it was a great WrestleMania. It really was, honestly. Uh, aside from the finish of night two, that, that left a lot of people divided. Uh, I think that finish has aged poorly, I want to say. I don't know how it's going to age in the next five to ten years, but as we get further from it, it's not looking so great. You know, Cody is single-handedly the, the biggest star on the show, and he's been the biggest star on the show for all of 2023, basically. Uh, he's the most box office, most must-see pal. Um, but overall, the show is great. I mean, what what can you say? That uh, the, the tag team title match main event, you know, Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. That was like a great match. There was so much good stuff going on. I I don't know what what did you think? Like I I believe that we, when we reviewed it, we gave it like a seven and a half or an eight out of ten, if I remember correctly. We gave it an eight. I think we both gave it an eight, yeah. or maybe an eight point two five. It was it was it was like an eight out of ten, like legitimately really good WrestleMania. Uh, to me, this felt like WrestleMania. Which might sound dumb, but Kevin, in recent years, I mean, we, we recount this every time we say it. WrestleMania 38, even a year ago, was so bad, we nearly just discontinued the podcast because there was nothing to talk about. It was Roman versus Brock 7. It was Charlotte versus Ronda. It was dreadful, Kevin. And then that didn't feel like WrestleMania, even though there was a Steve Austin match. That was great and there some positives, but it didn't really have that WrestleMania feel in my eyes. 37, you were there. That was COVID mania. 36 was real COVID mania in front of no one. 35, way too long. 34, you can go through them. I think 33 was the last one that had a proper like WrestleMania feel where they had the, the amazing set, the you know pretty good card, company had some momentum at that time because of SmackDown success around there. But yeah, this WrestleMania 39, I loved it. Um, looking back, yes, there's the stuff at the ending. We'll, we've got a question on that coming up. We'll address how that's aged, as you mentioned. But generally... I've nothing but really good things to say about it, to be honest. Yes, that being said, yes, Shane McMahon's knee exploded. Yes, some of the booking on night two was unnecessary. But I look at that IC title triple threat match. I've gone back to watch that back like five to six times now. I, I still just watch that in amazement of what Drew, Sheamus, and Gunther did. That's the best match of, I mean, the career for, I'd say, all of them. I love that match. And then Logan Paul, Seth Rollins, and I mean, yeah, Cena Theory wasn't the best, but KSI, there's lots of pal, don't forget KSI is a walking prime bottle. Just ridiculous. Anyway, yeah, so much positives, and yeah, Roman Cody was great. Yeah. Can I take the gloves off just for a moment on Adam Cole? Oh, there we go. Can I do that just for a moment? So you, you remember there were uh, like interviews coming out with Triple H and Edge where they were kind of being very cordial and respectful. And basically, if you read between the lines, what they were saying was that, what Edge was saying is that he was being underutilized. And what Triple H was saying was like, hey, we're giving this guy a lot of stuff and he's still not happy. It's mm-hmm. essentially the translation of what they were saying. Yeah. How could Edge, Adam Copeland, a Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer, certified legend, top 12 guy of all time until the match graphic was made by an AEW intern, then he got bumped down to top 15 by me. How could a guy like that come out and say hey i was underutilized when he was in the co-main event of wrestlemania 39 night 2 in a hell in a cell match granted it was against fergie granted but you and i are not big fans of fergie but to be objective fergie is presented as a big star on wwe tv in 2023 
So he's in a, the co-main event with a big star in a Hell in a Cell match. And he said he's still got the nerve to say, I'm being underutilized, pal. Just egregious. Absolutely egregious. Well, Kevin, and yeah, like, I mean, the thing, what made WrestleMania so great this year, and as they will continue with 40, I'm sure, 41 going forward, the entrances were insane. I mean, Dominic and Rey Mysterio, like, as, I've, as I've said a few times this year, it's the year in review, I'll repeat it because this is our year in review show. Rey Mysterio's entrance at WrestleMania 39 is, Easy. in my eyes, one of the greatest entrances of all time. Top that 10. had everything. Yeah. Easily. The, the callbacks to Eddie in 05, the, the low rider, Snoop Dogg, you know, coming out with the, you know, the Snoop Dogg song and then Ray coming out the, the way. It was just incredible. I mean, Dom's entrance was nearly as good as well. Coming out, it was on brand. It was on point. He had like the police car. It was just so much was well done. Roman's entrance with the, like, the grand pianos. Cody's felt huge. Edge, Adam Copeland, how your favorite wrestler coming out with like the brood entrance, which I mean, wrestling gifts, Superkick Studios, our friends, pal. They were saying live, that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Like that brood edge entrance, that was nuts. Bala's entrance was quite cool. It was like a full demon one. Like so much to like. You thinking, pal? Uh, do you care to talk about the opening match of WrestleMania 39? Do you want Do you want to mention that one? Uh, well, the match that I infamously said in our debate is to watch main event night one. I, I opened the agenda. I was like, Kevin... Forget the Usos and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Forget it. That can go on night two to open. The, the main event of night one, I said this. I can't believe I said this. The main event needs to be Wash Cena, who hasn't won a match in four and a half years, versus Austin Theory. That, that I think, in hindsight, that is the worst Elite Heat take of the year. Uh, I'll line up to that. That was a, that was a honker. That was crap. Um, that match happened. Uh, there was there was cheating. There was some biting in there, pal. That pal, an audible got called halfway through because the match was that bad. An audible got called, Kevin, in the opening of WrestleMania featuring John Cena, a Mount Rushmore star all time. Now, the, the audible oh. got called two weeks out on an episode of Monday Night Raw when Cena obliterated Austin Theory on the mic. It was just like, bro, you're terrible. And Austin Theory was like, I'm Austin Theory. And Cena was like, yeah, I know, you suck, bro. And uh, then uh, John Cena went into a private meeting with Nick Khan and Triple H after that episode of Monday Night Raw. I was like, yeah, that match that you had planned for us to go 28 minutes? No, we're going 14, bro. This guy sucks. Uh, that's literally, I, I'm, I'm quoting exactly what John Cena said to Triple H in a, uh -huh. in a backstage meeting. That is word for word, verbatim, what Cena said. Yeah, incredible. Um, and Kevin, just saying on the sort of WrestleMania theme, we'll, we'll keep it moving here. I'll ask this question here, which I'll answer myself first, and feel free to go ahead. Regarding what made WrestleMania season so good this year, like, because obviously, yeah, we're praising things, but what about it was so good? To me, and I'll mention this storyline as well, this needs to be mentioned, the Roman Sami Zayn thing really set the tone from the top of the card. This was a thing that had been going on for months and months and months, Sami and the Bloodline, Sami Roman. It was just an ongoing thing. Royal Rumble, they do that huge ending, Kevin, which I remember... Yep, it was a predictable main event. Of course, Roman's going to beat Kevin Owens in that WWE Universal title match. Obviously, Reigns retains. They do a 15-minute cinema ending, pal. You've got, you know, Zayn, Owens, Usos there. Heyman's sobbing with the lay on. Roman's getting, he's scolding them. And then there's the turn. And it was great. They do the Elimination Chamber, Kevin. This, I will say now, not to give away my, I guess, award votes for the next week or two, my favorite segment of the year, personally speaking, is this the best segment? Is it the best promo? 
I'm not saying that, but to me, my favorite segment of the year, Sami Zayn, SmackDown, Montreal, the day before the Elimination Chamber. When his music hit, it was like that old theme song for the first time in years. They come, he comes out to like a, a hero's welcome. It was like, Kevin, it was like a, a, a war general emerged back from the depths of battle and he was being cheered and cheered and there was 18,000 people in the arena screaming. Sami Zayn can get a word in for seven minutes. He was shoot crying, pal. <laughs> Sami Zayn was shoot crying on national WWE television as Nick Khan sat in the boardroom and counted money. Kevin, that was on the great segment. Then Sami Zayn swore in French and said he's going to win the title tomorrow night in Montreal. This is his WrestleMania. To me, that was the, the, my favorite segment. I loved it. Um, that set the tone really well. Uh, were all the storylines god tier this, this past WrestleMania season? I mean, not really. You know, some were good, some were okay. Ray and Dom was probably the highlight of the build. That was a great storyline in the build. Um, but yeah, I think that set the tone really well, pal. Nick Khan counting money as Sami Zayn swore in French in Montreal. Oh man, that video package, that hype package was great. Who who was the guy that narrated it? That that MMA journalist from Montreal? What is his Ariel name? Ariel Hawani. Ariel Hawani. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I love Ariel Hawani. Great guy. Uh, yeah, for me, I, I'm going to say what made WrestleMania season special was the return of Cody. We had Miss Cody. He had been gone from like July of 2022. Then it was like the worst kept secret that Cody was coming back at the Royal Rumble. <laughs> here he is, pal. Here's Pharaoh, QT Marshall, Brandy. They're all here. The Nightmare Family, pal. Cody's marching down to the ring like he's 1998 Stone Cold Steve Austin with the Steve Weisers, pal. And he reclaimed his spot at the throne, pal. Won the Royal Rumble, pointed to the WrestleMania sign. And here we are, pal, the road to WrestleMania. It was great to see Cody back. He was looking great. Um, and, and he just he started his reign of terror, pal, as a top star in, in WWE in 2023. And beyond, Absolutely. pal. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's short and sweet. It just having Cody back, the pure presence of Cody Rhodes made WrestleMania season special as well as uh, all the things that you described with Sami Zayn. And, of course, yep. the Ray and Dominic feud. Let's throw that in there, too. Yeah. yeah, that was awesome. You know, you got like Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio interrupting Rey Mysterio and his wife's Valentine's Day dinner. That that I mean, come on, that's priceless comedy. That's A plus tier comedy from WWE. Why can't we get something like that with Roman Reigns? Roman Reigns like bullying people at his house in his mansion in Pensacola. He's like he's like telling the guy that's that's valeting his car. You know, he pulls up in his Lambo. And he's like, throws the, the keys at some guy that's like job scared. And he's like, bro, park my car, bro. And then the guy's like shaking and then he crashes the car and Roman Reigns like beats his ass. Like, why can't we get something like that? You know? It's that right there, which is why I stand by that 2023 has been a completely wasted year of Roman Reigns' prime. Nonetheless, one more thing I want to mention before we move on to, I want to discuss the Raw after Mania before we do the, the a little bit of a Cody Roman thing. Um, I just want to discuss this. Shout out, Elimination Chamber. I mentioned it with Sammy and Roman. That was cool. Really good show across the board in Montreal. This was a big thing. The Elimination Chamber match. Montez Ford does his big Spider-Man, big dive off the, you know, from the top of the chamber. That was an OMG, holy bleep moment. I was at KFC at the time. I literally missed it. I got back, you know, our whole chat, our all our supporters, everyone from Elite Heat, Twitter, the whole thing was erupting. OMG, OMG, the best spot I've seen in years. OMG, I love watching that live. That was incredible. I'm sitting there going, 
Great. I was sat at KFC waiting for a 16-year-old to put together my Zenga box. I missed that. Brilliant. Phenomenal. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, where do you want to take this now, pal? Do you want me to ask you the hard-hitting question, pal? The, yeah. The hard-hitting question of the podcast? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So, yeah. we're, pal, we're looking at it. We're nine months removed, right, from WrestleMania 39. Did hmm. Paul Levesque – I'm, I'm going to do an impression of Paul Levesque here. Did Paul Levesque make the right decision by doing this here, pal? Hold on. Bear with me just for a moment. Okay. All right. Hold on. Bear with me. It's a great question, pal. All right. Boom. Okay. So, pal, for our audio, for our audio listeners, Kevin's writing right now. I think he's got a. I can't quite see here. He's got. I think a pen. I think he's gonna let us know in a moment, pal. Oh, you yeah. writing? You yeah, writing? I'm working on it. Hold on. Hold on. Oh my god! This, everything this, down pal, here. this question. This is gonna be blistering. You, you, you. Are you doing what I think you're doing? I Are am. you doing a Paul Levesque with the notepad? Yes, I am. Okay, so Triple H did this here. I don't know if you guys can see that. <laughs> I don't know if you can see it. Oh, oh. Is, is it there? Is it there, uh, pal? WrestleMania 39, Roman Reigns defeated Cody Rhodes, WWE undisputed title match. Yeah. Yes. So Triple H yeah. did that there. Triple H wrote, Roman Reigns is going to defeat Cody Rhodes for the WWE undisputed Universal Championship. At WrestleMania 39. Now, we're looking back at it, nine months later, did Triple H make the right decision by doing that right there with his right hand, a pen, and a piece of paper? Kevin, Triple H's right hand made the wrong move by doing that. I said it at the time. I said it the, the week after. said it the month after. said it the month after that. said it at SummerSlam. said it in October. said it in November. said it now. I'm beating this drum till I go blue in the face. Until we see the outcome of Roman's reign, it was the wrong move. Um, Roman's 2023, as you hint at with what you just said there, how they could be doing fun segments with him beating up a Lamborghini driver, him at Samoan Thanksgiving, having a confrontation with some random Samoan uncle. They could do segments where Roman reigns, goes to visit the islands of Samoa. Do, do like a four-week video segment. Like Kevin, if Roman's going to be off for a month, as he was in September, july all these months roman just wasn't there at all have a four-week set of segments roman visits his his hometown roman visits his island samoa like you know three different segments during a smackdown roman reigns you know disrespecting people in his you know samoa but you know seeing his relatives having interactions in samoa anything being the tribal chief getting his lay redone abusing some Poor seamstress who's making minimum wage, who's putting his lay together, just barking at her. I don't know. Anything. Instead, Kevin, Roman won and then did nothing with it. Now, it was another WrestleMania main event. Roman Reigns won. Uh, did this do anything for his legacy, him winning this match? No. Would Cody have gone, having gone over at this event, done more for Roman Reigns and more for Cody Rhodes, both of them? Yes. It would have been much more interesting doing the Bloodline Civil War when if Jay Uso is barking at Roman Reigns, you ain't got your belt anymore, you little bitch. You ain't got your belt. I'm beat. I'll beat your ass. I'll pin you too. Cody beat you. I'll beat you too. You're nothing. Like that would have been way better. I've seen the discourse since. Oh, well, Roman without the title, it wouldn't have worked. And yeah, would have. Stop. It's 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 a prop. It's all it is. It would have been just as good as Roman crying. Kevin, I'll leave my answer there. This is something we could talk about blue in the face. That's my answer, pal. Objectively, is the wrong move. 
There you go. Pal, for time's sake, I'll keep my answer short and sweet. Yep. Uh, I think they. I think at the end of the day, Triple H made the right move with his right hand and the pen. Uh-huh. Um, okay. I, I think okay. and, uh, when Roman and Pepsi Phil are feuding over the Undisputed Universal Championship with Paul Heyman crying in the middle of it, give me money, pal. Just saying. Now, mm-hmm. that being said, yep. did Triple H know that trip, that uh, CM Punk would be in WWE? No. Uh, when, he, when he booked that match? No, he didn't. So I don't know where things were going to go. Who knows? We don't know. We don't know where this is going to go. I, I'm still in the camp of, like, let it play out. I think for right now is the best decision. It's not mm-hmm. aging greatly, like I said. Yeah. But it, it's still, I think it's still the best decision. Cody's a mammoth right now for merchandise yeah. and is a baby face. Yeah. Doesn't need a championship. Cody's just, he's just great. He, he's yeah. just Cody Rhodes, pal. He's a big star. Uh, so I'll go to the next question, pal. Um, has bringing in the new World Heavyweight Championship... The championship that was basically presented on TV as a, hey, nobody's good enough to beat Roman. Here's a second title. We created that so Raw can have a championship. Here, let's give, <laughs> let's give it to Rollins. Has that championship been a good move? I'll be honest. It's been fine. Like, I still feel like it's early to comment on this. It hasn't been presented as it's like the OMG big deal title. You look at what they did. I mean, Rollins beat, they won a, there was a tournament. Rollins beat Styles in Saudi. He, was, he won the title. Cool. Good match. Uh, then he feuded with Judgment Day for months. And we did Rollins Balor a few times. Yeah, I mean, the matches were okay. Not, no match was that great. It was like three-star matches from memory. Like fine, okay matches, heaps of interference. Rollins Nakamura wasn't bad, wasn't great. You know, Nakamura was like, Haha, your back was injured three years ago. I kicked you in the back. Haha, I'm going to beat you. And Rollins is ending pay-per-views, crying, sobbing, holding his back, needing a stretcher like he's Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam 02. Just outrageous. And now they're doing stuff with, yeah, Drew and Jey Uso and they're teasing the Punk feud. So can keep this answer somewhat brief. Has bringing the new World Heavyweight title been a good move? After seeing how they've used Roman Reigns this year, i.e. hardly at all, you, know, you forget he's even employed. Yes, at least they've had a world championship on the show each week. It's been a positive in that regard. Um, and also, I know people will probably be watching this wanting to us address this. Raw After Mania sucked. We know we're not going to address Raw After Mania. It was bad. Vince McMahon, okay, he's evil. We're not going to address that. Kevin, your answer as far as the World Heavyweight title. Thoughts? It's fine. You know, it's fine. It, it pretty much echoing what you would say, what you said. Oh. I mean, fine. Uh, Rollins as the world champion is good. Rollins is uh, doing his damnedest to make that belt prestigious. You have to establish a championship, and there's really no better way to do that than put it on the, the arguably the best wrestler in the company, the mm. top guy, you know, the guy that's been there through and through and through it all. It's about to main event WrestleMania 40 with Pepsi Phil, pal. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I'd love to see it. Pal, next question. Just, just, just real quick on that. And we, gave, we did a whole episode, like the lineage of the big gold belt, like back in May when they were about to introduce this, which is a great idea from your part. That got good plays, pal. We did that episode and we spent like the whole thing, or at least I did a rant. You were discussing this. That belt, the big gold belt, the one heavyweight title they had 12 years ago, it was like, it was like a hotshot belt. There was a title change every four weeks. Um, and we criticized them for that. Now Seth Rollins has held it for perhaps seven months. It's going to be 10 months at least. So no, can't, can't fault it, Kevin. I'll ask you now. As far as the, the big stars, the breakouts of 2023, there's, there's one guy who seemed to break out. Say and yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Is Hell, that like the breakout not. star of 2023? Say yeah. Yeah, pal. Is LA Knight objectively the breakout star of 2023? Absolutely. From a WWE standpoint, 1,000%. You could argue... I don't even know who you could argue. I was going to say you could argue Gunther, but Gunther broke out in 2022. Um, mm. I don't know. The Miz, pal, he's doing he's doing his, uh, his 2015 Cena impression, pal. Doing monkey flips and cross bodies and springboards. The Miz, the breakout star. I don't know. No, there's really no competition. You know, Damian Priest, I guess, would be the, maybe like a distant second. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. If, if it's not LA Knight, I don't know who the breakout star is of WWE in 2023. He's been incredible. This has been the year of LA Knight. Honestly, he's the what a top three merch mover. He's moving more merch than John Cena. He's right up there with Roman Reigns. Gotta you gotta tip your hat to him. Gotta give it up to the guy, man. He like he could have gave up so many times, you know, just floundering in TNA and then in NXT and then getting fired from WWE and then being brought back. Guy's been through it all. He's he's been through the ringer. No, he's a legitimate star. Um, there's no doubt the amount of meetings he would have had with brass executives, the the higher ups, being like, "What do I need to do? Like, what like what what do you need want me to fix?" and you know, tweaking my game. And he made those tweaks time after time. He bro- he broke through the glass ceiling this year, Kevin. I mean, we, back in June, were like, how far is this going to go? Like, is this just a US title guy? Is this a main event guy? Can he really move that merch? Is this a flash in the pan? It's now mid-December and he's still absolutely cooking. He's on screen. The crowd's going nuts. So, no, all credit to LA Knight. He's phenomenal. He's fantastic. One of the highlights this year, consistently super entertaining. Um, he even owned Roman Reigns in at least one of those segments they did. Quite literally barged past him, roasted him on the mic, owned him in the segment. So, there you go. Yeah, I want to see him in the ring with CM Punk. I want to oh. see a promo battle between those two. Oh. He, he, Punk mentioned him tonight oh. on SmackDown. Punk did the whole thing. And that that was cool oh. to see Punk do that. Uh, yeah, that that be that. that like, you got to see a Punk mentioning you in his promo. Where he like I mean we'll we'll talk about this later on I guess we'll do like an extra or something about CM Punk's yeah. promo, uh where he just cuts Seth Rollins to shreds, cut Roman Reigns to shreds, and he's mentioned L.A. Knight in there in the middle of that promo. That, that's pretty big, yeah. man. That's that's big real estate, if you ask me. Well, Kevin, he's right about Seth Rollins. I mean, we won't we'll do an extra yeah, on this. We'll wait, we'll wait. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, now transitioning. Yes. We, we, that, those are like the big first half of the year, just generally with L.A. Knight, the big sort of. Some of the big things, we'll get to more. Uh, but just generally, Kevin, one of the other big things is the the TKO, the Endeavor, the business side of it. I'll just ask you, I mean, obviously, so what happened and what have you made of it so far with the business side? Uh, I mean, from a business standpoint, essentially Vince McMahon sold WWE to Endeavor, who is the, the owner, the company that owns UFC. Like, they're a streaming conglomerate, and I think they do radio and some other stuff. Um so now we got WWE and UFC basically being this like company under one umbrella, which is kind of crazy. Uh, we haven't seen any nuts like cross promotion or anything like that, and I don't, I don't think we will. I think they're going to be ran as separate entities. Uh, seems like the the brass is smart enough to realize that WWE and UFC fans do not intermingle very well. So that that's good. I'm glad we haven't seen Nate Diaz cutting a promo on LA Night. No, no, nobody wants to see that. I, I think I speak on behalf of like ninety percent of wrestling fans when I say that. Um, but I mean, from a standpoint of like 
as a fan, I mean, nothing's really changed. You know, I mean, there were rumors that came out a couple days ago about the uh, about Ari. It wasn't I don't know who it was. It wasn't Ari, but one of the the, the executives, big time guys at Endeavor, was like, "Oh, we got to cut back on WWE house shows, pal." And that's really yeah. all we've seen so far. Will we see some more changes like that? Will we see some more suits that don't understand wrestling telling Paul Levesque what to do from like a mm. creative standpoint? Will we see a suit saying, hey, look, this guy, Karrion Cross, looks like a wrestler. He looks like someone I watched as a kid. I want Karrion Cross to be a star. Make him a star. Will we see stuff as ridiculous as that? I don't know. It hasn't gotten there yet. I mm. hope it doesn't. Right now, it's been great. And not, not a lot has changed. It's pretty reminiscent of what WWE was before the sale when Triple H took over from SummerSlam 2022 to WrestleMania season. Oh. Been pretty much the same. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I guess just quick follow-up on that. Um, you, you touched on this. We do our Triple H like six months. Every six months, we sort of see what Triple H is at. We just won, won about a year ago now. One in, you know, about SummerSlam time. Just quick follow-up, I'll ask you. I mean, Triple H is now a year and a half in. He's fully cemented himself. The old regime's fully gone. It's all his guys. Vince McMahon hasn't been involved in well over a year properly outside of the infamous Raw After Mania, pal. But really, it's been a whole year of Triple H. I mean, what, what are your thoughts now? It's been really 18 months. 2023 is the whole year of Triple H. What do you think of him running the show? Is like, what's your just general feeling of Triple H's head booker? General feeling is pretty good feelings nothing really to like complain about you know nothing to be upset about there's a little bit too much of like johnny gargano for my liking and like bronson reed guys like that but i mean raw there's three hours of raw you got to fill time somehow some way yeah johnny gargano's not winning the royal rumble and, and eliminating damian priest and guys way taller and bigger than him anytime soon so I'm okay mm. with Johnny Gargano coming out at eight eight forty five on a Monday night, having a five minute match like that's cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, overall, Triple H has done I would say pretty well. I mean, the PLEs this year this has been a, a banner year. Twenty twenty three has been a banner year for premium live events, pay per view mm. events, whatever you want to call it. One of the best, I'd say ever. Twenty twenty three is like a top ten year, probably yeah. for pay per views and from a WWE standpoint. Yeah look at like just all the 12 pay-per-view years that we've seen mm. over the past 20 some odd years 2023 has got to stand out at, at near the top yeah and yeah raw and smackdown has been pretty watchable i don't think anybody could you could have like you have god himself booking smackdown and raw every week and i, I don't think people are going to be too compelled to watch a three-hour show doesn't matter who's booking it so yeah triple h has done great i yeah it's refreshing to see like the end of the vince there is over pal like just think about those those moments in like let's say late 2018 when dean ambrose coming out with like a walter white breaking bad mask and he's like breathing hard he's got chemicals pal then he's getting injections you know he's telling roman reigns that good you got cancer bro you deserved it like just some of the absolute like bottom of the barrel moments of the Vince McMahon regime towards the end when he kind of lost it. Yeah, I it, we were just in a rut. It just felt like we were running in quicksand, mm. and we were never gonna get out of it. And now here we are as wrestling fans, pal. What Triple H is giving us is it great? Is it the best wrestling that you've ever seen? Maybe not, but it, it's 
pretty damn good. Well, merchandise and numbers-wise and attendances, I mean, it, it, it's showing. It, it, it's getting there. But remember, remember, pal, Triple H sucks because his nose looks like a dick. Remember that? Triple H is bad. Okay. Anyway, I'll leave it there. Um, no, I thought Triple H, he's done a great job. Uh, I think there's he has enough balance in his booking. Yes, it's obvious he likes Fergal. Yes, it's obvious he loves Johnny Gargano. Yes, he's a fan of, you know, they sort of got, that, that's cool. Um, what we talked about three years ago when we do like collab videos, and I talk about my channel, is like Triple H taking over. You thought, oh God, Johnny Gargano is going to be running around facing Adam Cole in every WrestleMania main event. Oh my God, no. But what Triple H was doing, as we've discussed in the years since, at the time he was catering to a specific audience. He knew what guys, what audience wanted. Now, as, as, far, as far as the head WWE role, he knows what guys the general WWE audience want to see, who should be pushed, who the big stars are, staggering the card accordingly. So now Triple H's done a great job this year. Um, I don't care that his nose is big and looks like a dick. That doesn't that that doesn't mean he's a bad booker and a terrible person and he doesn't know what he's doing because numbers speak for themselves the, the records they're setting speak for themselves elimination chamber pal damn near sold out it's only 70 75,000 of us over in perth watching that show i'm flying across the country to watch it pal 2018 they had super showdown five and a half six hours away in melbourne that show i didn't even consider for a second going to watch drive down to melbourne to watch i didn't even consider it i'm right away trying to book tickets and fly to Perth to watch this. So tells you all you need to know. Um, that being said, pal, you mentioned PLEs, the success of them, all that. I want to ask you, there are a bunch of good ones this year, but specifically, I mean, international ones I want to touch on. Um, those being Elimination Chamber and Backlash. Yes, there were Saudi shows as well. Those were just pretty solid, but specifically Backlash and Elimination Chamber. I Money in the Dumbledore. Bank too, don't forget that. Don't forget Money in the Bank. That too. Oh my God. There's, there's too many. There's too many, pal. What was your favorite international one, pal? Uh, backlash for me, for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. Roman Reigns wasn't on it, pal. We didn't need Roman Reigns. We don't need Roman Reigns, period. Come all on. we needed was Cody and Brock and Bad Bunny and Damian Priest. That's all we yeah. needed, pal. Yeah, that was a hell of a show. Zelina Vega getting her moment in the sun. Cody versus Brock was great. Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest, a show stealer. That's a match of the year candidate, in my opinion. I think that's a top 10 match of 2023. Sue me. Yep. Bad Bunny is, I mean, bro, like we've said it at the time. This is like Michael Jackson coming in in like 1987 and having mm -hmm. a, a great match with Macho Man Randy Savage or like Ricky Steamboat yeah. or something. You know, yeah. it's, it's unheard of what Bad Bunny's doing from a celebrity standpoint. It's really like this dude is a musician casually having a match of the year candidate it's nothing like it we've ever seen before the crowd was super hot through and through i mean they hadn't had a show in puerto rico a, a pay-per-view since new year's revolution 05 or 06 it had been a long time and it was more than overdue i don't know why wwe hasn't gone to puerto rico i mean it's part of the united states i don't know yeah. why they haven't gone there for a pay-per-view doesn't make any sense um but Elim Elimination Chamber was great as well. Money in the Bank was great. They were all great. The Saudi show was great. Both the Saudi shows were great. Can't really complain either way. Right, whatever you want to choose. No, absolutely. And yeah, the reason I ask favorite international PLE, we'll get to our just favorite PLEs and ranking them in one of our shows in the next few weeks. We'll get to that. There's plenty of stuff to do at the end of the year, pal.
we'll get to it. Um, and one more thing I want to shout out just while we're bringing up all this 2023 stuff. Shout out Brock Lesnar. Worked the first five PLEs of this year. It was legitimately full-time. Yes. The first, like, five months of the year. Yep. People, just because it's Brock and just because of what happened in 2018, 2019, 2020, still associate him as a part-timer. He legitimately wasn't. He was there more than most regular full-time guys this year. He was on, like, nearly every Raw the first five months of the year. So shout out Brock. Legend. Um, and his daughter literally looks like him. It's scary. That's making the rounds. Uh, anyway, Kevin... Nuts. Um, Kevin, I'll ask you first. Now, oh, as far as... Uh, this is a question straight out of your wheelhouse. You love saying the term banner years. Like, there's a banner year. This is a Kevin term. Take a shot every time he says a banner year. Kevin, i ask you, with WWE for now, which five WWE stars, in no particular order, just this isn't your top five wrestlers. It's just who, in your opinion, had a banner year in 2023? Give us five in WWE. Can I mention CM Punk? Does he qualify for this? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. CM Punk had a banner year. All right, pal. So first of mm-hmm. all, let me just objectively state bluntly what CM Punk's 2023 looked like in wrestling. All right. From January to June, he sat back and rehabbed his shoulder that he injured while punching Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks from August 2022 backstage at All Out. He's sitting there cashing Tony Khan's sweet, sweet checks, rehabbing his shoulder from January to June. In July, he casually returns to AEW, gets a show created just for him on Saturday night live. AEW Collisions created literally for CM Punk and his buddies, pal. CM Punk and his buddies collided on, on TNT, pal. And then in August, he, uh, he, this is backstage at the biggest show in AEW's history. AEW All In 2023. 90,000 people at Wembley Stadium in attendance. CM Punk punches out a rich kid, son of an actor in Hollywood, punches him out, puts him in a headlock, scares Tony Khan, then opens the biggest show in AEW history with a grin on his face and proceeds to wrestle Samoa Joe and have a great match. And he's not done there, pal. He gets fired with cause by Tony Khan. Then he shows up at Survivor Series in 2023, shows up at Survivor Series, returns to WWE, breaks the internet, breaks WWEshop.com, Breaks all these records, social engagement, the finger point with Triple H, one of the most iconic photos in wrestling history. I don't care, sue me. It's one of the most iconic photos in, in WWE wrestling history, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, CM Punk had a banner year. Um, just to rattle off some more, LA Knight, we already talked about him. LA Knight had a banner year. Cody talked about him. He had a banner year. Uh, and then from there, I, I don't know. If we're going, you got Cody, you got Punk, you got LA Knight out of the way. Who else had a banner year in WWE? Logan Paul? Yep. Gunther had one. Gunther. Rhea Ripley had one. Becky Lynch had one. Sami Zayn had one. Becky Lynch? Sami Zayn is a great one. Sami Zayn is great. I don't know about Becky Lynch. Her banner year was 2019, in my opinion. Uh, 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 mm, I wouldn't... A few big fuse of Lacey Evans and uh, and yeah, a WrestleMania main event Charlotte was shoehorned into, which broke the dislike record on W's YouTube. Sure, uh, I'd say yeah, Becky Lynch, great. Jay Uso, Tommy pin Roman Reigns. Yeah, Jay Uso, yeah. Pin Roman for the first time in three and a half years. That's that's notable. People would say, man, Solo Sokoa to this point in his young career, a guy like that. So many wrestlers, Kevin in WWE had a banner breakout year. Yeah, I think Jey Uso's great. Sami Zayn, that's a great call-out. 
yeah, LA Knight, Cody. That's four. Yeah, I mean, Damien Priest had a great Priest. banner year, I'd say. Dominic Mysterio, even, Dominic. to his, his career. I Dom go with, the, I go with those five right there. Dominic added to that. Go with that. Even, even as, like, I'll admit this. I, I'm not a fan of him. Finn Balor. I think this was the best year of his career. The rest of it, the rest of his career has literally been either getting injured, being in just, just genuinely bad storylines, or, oh, I hurt my shoulder. Yes, they did that this year as well, but he did more. He was in a big spot all year. So even Balor. Had a banner year, Kevin. So many Kyle, wrestlers. Kyle, did you know year. that Finn Balor wrestles Seth Rollins for the to be opportunity to be the first ever Universal Champion? Did you know that? As I was saying, pal, so many WWE wrestlers had banner years. Pal, great question for you right now. I have a blistering, just explosive, powerful question. Okay. Now we're staying on the topic of banner years. Mm-hmm. Which five AEW wrestlers? Had banner years in 2023. <clears throat> Five AW Strickland. Swerve. Swerve Strickland. That's objectively one. MJF. Tony Storm. Yes. That's good. You got the three. Tony Storm is actually. Any- um, Orange Ricky Cassidy, maybe. Yeah, Orange Cassidy. Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks increased his value for when he goes to negotiate with Nick Khan and Triple H. Um, yep. Yeah, there's another it? one. There's another one in there. There's another one. I know it's on the top, tip of my tongue. Some people will probably say Claudio. Sure. I mean, you know, we'll be, <laughs> be objective here. Claudio. I, I can't yeah. tell you one match that Claudio had, but it's all over social media, all over the internet. People love whatever Claudio is doing. I'm not too sure what it is. I don't keep tabs on Ring of Honor. Um mm-hmm. No, Moxie had a banner year in 2022 when he stepped in when Punk got hurt the first time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, Swerve, Tony Storm, MJF. You know, Ricky Stars. We're naming the same like four people over and over again. No, I'm like, just, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm just recapping. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy had a hell of a year. Yeah. Orange Cassidy was AEW's Gunther. He carried mm. that Atlantic Championship. I think it's the one he holds. He carried that, yeah. made it relevant. Uh, Christian Cage. I throw Christian Cage's name in the hat. Christian Cage, arguably doing the best work of his career, honestly. Genuinely, genuine oversight. I forgot Christian Cage. Yes, yeah, so I'd say that's probably the five with AEW. Once again, to recap, so Christian Cage, Orange Cassidy, MJF, Tony Storm, and Swerve. I'd say that's that's your AEW like five wrestlers that you can point to and go well. As messy as AW was, as we'll get to, um, those wrestlers at least had pretty good years on the whole. They had years which they can look back on personally and think, I at least did something for good that year. That was a positive progression year in my career. That wasn't a flat line. That wasn't a like a decline in quality of my career in 2023. Uh, Kevin, with that being said, you mentioned CM Punk. Uh, he's currently the most viral, talked about, relevant wrestler. He just... Yeah, it was the big talking point on SmackDown, a great big promo, which we'll get to in an extra. Backstage segments against all these big-time stars. He's all the talk in wrestling. Kevin, I ask you this. Um, AW fired him with cause uh, and chose Jungle Boy Jack Perry instead. Uh, 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 Kevin, was that Tony Khan's... Was that the final blow to AW? Was that something they will never recover from? Do you think? Honestly, it could be. 
Honestly. If losing CM Punk is what causes Warner Bros. Discovery to drop them and pick up Monday Night Raw, and that's it for AEW, where do they go from Warner Bros.? You know? If they don't have TNT, where, what's next? They're not going to get on Fox or NBC or anything like that. So it very well could be. that That was a huge fork in the road decision that Tony Khan made. The fire CM Punk. You know, ideally it's easy for us to say, right? We're sitting here as armchair, we're armchair quarterbacking, we're armchair booking, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Easy for us to say, Tony Khan should have got the Young Bucks and CM Punk and Kenny Omega in one room and had them shake hands and squash it. Uh, if it was that easy, maybe it would have been done. Who knows? If you believe the rumors, CM Punk was supposed to meet with them like two or three times and the Young Bucks blew him off. You know, they 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 messed up his travel accommodations. He had to like get directions from fans in in England to get to Wembley Stadium. So uh, clearly, they didn't want CM Punk there. Yeah, you know. So I don't know. It, it's uh, it, seeing. <clears throat> how do I phrase this? Seeing on a WWE TV in 2023, seeing Cody Rose and CM Punk sharing a screen on SmackDown, on Fox. That I mean, that's the biggest death blow right there to AEW. Mm-hmm. Those two guys, single-handedly, are the embodiment of what AEW is. CM Punk created, basically, the butterfly effect of the pipe bomb created AEW. The pipe bomb has started this whole revolution, this whole wrestling matches first, high-flying spots, you know, the, the focus on wrestling... Then from that was that movement, AEW was born. Then Cody was the guy that went from WWE and was like, hey, I'm the son of a famous wrestler. I'm going to go wrestle in front of 100 people in bingo halls for Ring of Honor. And he gave Ring of Honor that relevancy and teamed up with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and made those guys, helped make those guys famous and big stars. And for Tony Khan to look at those two guys and say, peace out, don't need you, bro. Uh, yeah, it, it's kind of hard. Like it, it's like if the Lakers in two thousand were like, "Yeah, we don't need Kobe, we don't need Shaq. We got Derek Fisher, we got Robert Horry, we got washed up Gary Payton, Carl Malone." It, it's kind, it's that that's AEW right there on WWE's TV. That's AEW's biggest stars. I don't know. It's Is it the final blow? No. Sorry, I just say this. Is it the final blow? No, not yet. But it could it could very well be. No, but it's a symbolic, like, gut punch, almost, is what it feels like. When, as you say, everything you've just said there, th- this is Cody and CM Punk. These guys embody what All Day Wrestling was, was all about. Not is anymore, uh, which we'll get to in a moment. What, what, whatever they are now, we've got, we've got a whole question that's blisteringly worded about that. But, yeah, it's just that visual of CM Punk and Cody on Friday Night SmackDown, face-to-face. I'm just like, this is... Symbolic of AW's identity is done. They're just, I don't know. That being said, Kevin, you answered that very well. That was a clip-worthy answer. That was glorious content, pal. That was, that was great podcasting, I must say. I now, that. I want to ask you, let's take a moment. Now, we've done week by week, Kevin, as seemingly since CM Punk was fired with cause in what was, in my honest opinion, AW's 
Tony Schiavone, or they'll put the butts in the seat moment where 600,000 people changed the channel in the Monday Night Wars. In what was AW's moment where they fired Sam Punk and Tony Khan announces in Chicago and everyone was booing Tony Khan. He's like, <laughs> ever since then, what's happened? Let's take a moment to relive the AW's fall, like as in the September through November time period. So I'm just going to, re- just, just to recap. Tony Khan gets embarrassed in the ratings versus NXT, loses by over 300,000 viewers, fresh off an Adam Copeland signing, then goes on Twitter and has a childlike meltdown, ranting at people's 14 followers on Twitter, going off rip. I, I genuinely, people were worried for his health. Wrestlers wanted to put down the phone. So Tony Khan has an all-time Twitter meltdown that embarrasses AEW. That happens. Overpaying Adam Copeland to wear Sting face paint and get nutshotted and lose matches to Christian Cage on Dynamite. A big dream match of 40 years in the making, according to Tony Schiavone on Dynamite Pal. Lose a match because of Nick Wayne's mother with a title belt shot to the head. Okay, so that happened. Woo energy. Ric Flair. Ric Flair with the infamous 18 to 28-year-olds. No boyfriends. No husbands. Meet me at the hotel room. Woo. As Ric Flair's daughter is like double the age of the 18-year-olds. Ugh. Ugh. That happened. So, yeah, Ric Flair. Paul White as the big mysterious tag team partner. Guys, who's going to be the fourth man? Omega, Ibushi, Jericho. These heart and soul. Well, not, not so much Ibushi, but Omega, Jericho. Heart and soul AW guys. Who's the fourth man? Is it Strickland? Is it a young talent, Ricky Starks? Is it Sammy Guevara, pal? I don't know. Is it a young... Wheeler Yuta? It's Paul White, who can't move sideways, pal. Nothing screams revolution, new era, progressive AW, like Paul White at 54 is the, the fourth man, pal. The mystery tag team partner, pal. Then, I'm nearly done. Pal, I'm nearly done, then we'll pass to you. Who can forget the other big one? The Young Bucks doing a victory lap after the dancing after firing the biggest draw in wrestling of the past decade. Now, CM Punk was fired, and the Young Bucks are hitting the cha-cha slide <laughs> in front of the Chicago faithful. Kevin, unbelievable. I'll pass it to you. That That's AW's fall. Quite literally, symbolically, metaphorically, the fall for AW. That right there and much more. Kevin, talk to us. Well, the most embarrassing, hands down, the most embarrassing of all, even more embarrassing than Tony Khan's meltdown, in my opinion, is the Young Bucks doing a victory lap after firing CM Punk in Chicago. Like, that is, like, brain dead. Like, do those guys have any brain cells here? You know? For one, let me, let me just say this bluntly. Chicago is the back, like, the background, the heart and soul, the heartbeat of AEW. They've had damn near... T- like all of their big shows have been in Chicago, you know they they had All Out in Chicago, All In was in Chicago, the the show that birthed AEW. Uh, you know they run Chicago all the time. CM Punk has been there. They've sold out arenas in Chicago. To go in there as the Young Bucks and to slap those fans in the face. That's just it's it doesn't make any sense. Uh, those two guys. Clearly approve that they're in for their own pocketbooks. They're lacing their pockets. They don't care about the health of AEW. As long as they get seven-figure checks at the end of the year, they're chilling. Yeah. They don't care what happens with AEW. That that was proof of that, if you ever needed it. Um, yeah. 
Like that's a moment that if if the Young Bucks were to try to get signed by Nick Khan and Paul Levesque, <laughs> they would be like, bro, no. like what is this? Go, go ahead. I was just gonna. I mean, on that, I, why would Nick Khan and Paul Levesque even want the Young Bucks? Why? Right. right. Like, what? What even are they? Like, anyway. This being said, Kevin, before we close the book on AW and just ask like one more question, then move on with the rest of the, the final part of this podcast and into around the world. I got, I got to say this to me in the past, especially a few months, just to recap on what I just listed with the fall for AW. AW has become the Detroit Pistons of wrestling. It's L after L after L after L. Tony Khan's Monty Williams, two, three years ago, he was cooking. He was the head coach of the Phoenix Suns. They're in the NBA Finals. They're having a great run going. they got a big style like Devin Booker. they got all this going for them. They're cooking. Then things just don't go their way. Luka Doncic embarrasses the Phoenix Suns. In AEW's case, Cody leaves. Then OMG, Monty Williams leaves. It's just, it falls apart. Now he's in Detroit, taking all these L's. Meanwhile, Triple H... Who, Kevin, Triple H, Paul Levesque, overcame a shoot cardiac arrest, a shoot heart attack, Kevin, for this business. Wow. Kevin, wow. Triple H overcame wow. a shoot heart attack, a pacemaker wow. for this, and now he's cooking. Wow. WrestleMania 40 wow. is going to be the most wow. global, big-time WrestleMania in the history of the business. Wow. It could well be a top three WrestleMania ever. It's got the card and the talent to do so. Triple H is doing that after a, a near-death experience. He openly talks about it on a, an interview with BBC Sports. Triple H is doing that. Meanwhile, Tony Khan is the Monty Williams, the Detroit Pistons of wrestling, taking nothing but L's in November. Anyway, there we go. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um... I don't even know where to go with. I don't. I don't. I don't know where to go from there. Well, Kevin, I'll just ask you. I'll look, I'll just ask you. Does I mean WWE is clearly as we're saying WWE is a good product again. Um, does that leave any room for AW's I guess existence or just them generally? Like, and, you know, the the NBA if they if they weren't putting on a good product, eventually another basketball organization would come out and be like, hey, we're better than the NBA. And if the NBA was like, oh, we need to get our stuff together and start making a good product again. There'd be no need for that alternative NBA because everybody loves the NBA already. Everybody loves WWE. We all watch WWE as kids. Damn near everyone in, in the United States of America, at least, watched WWE as a kid. Everybody had at least one point in time where they watched wrestling or they played wrestling video games or something. AEW just doesn't have that. This is what it is. You know, it's not a, a knock on them. AEW is good for what it is and it, and it does some good things and bad things but it just doesn't have that oomph that wwe has wwe is the big brand the box office the brand that everybody recognizes if they're firing in all cylinders and they're putting on great show after great show after great show there's no need for AEW. AEW was born purely out of wwe sucking basically for a lot of years and people wanting to see an alternative wanting to see a better product and AEW, if they're not going to be that alternative, or if they're not going to be unique or stand out, which they haven't in 2023, everything they've done has been WWE light. I mean, they they stole Christian and Edge, put them on their TV, and was like, here, this is our main event stuff. Like, that's not what AEW is. That's Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, yeah, I will say, just closing the book on the AEW discussion for the, the, sh- like the show, 
just some positives. Um, I thought the MJF and Adam Cole thing that that deserves a mention. That was legitimately entertaining. That was just a really good story. Um, for what they've told of it, uh, where it goes from here, what happens with this devil thing, where Adam Cole returns or not, whatever they do, who knows? But what we did get, those segments were legitimately entertaining. With Adam Cole and MJF, that was like the highlight of AEW through the whole middle of the year for 2023. Was that really? Um, so that I want to say, um, I'll list a few more things, Kevin, then pass to you if you want to add in more. Um, MJF and Daniel Bryan's Iron Man match, I think was AEW's best match of the year that I watched. I thought that was just fantastic. Gen- like genuinely speaking, that that was just a great match. It went it went the distance, power, went an hour, it went into overtime. MJF ends up retaining. That was just a great match, a great main event of the show. Um yeah, those are like my big sort of positives AEW. It was MJF's Iron Man match. It was MJF's Adam Cole storyline. And then Sam Punk on Collision. For what we did actually get of that, I thought I was entertained by it. I was watching. You know, I was watching Collision when Sam Punk was on there, which I got a feeling going forward to 2024, 2025. I'm not going to be watching much Collision because I don't give you much to really look forward to if you're not a diehard fan of just AEW generally. But yeah, same punk stuff, the real world title, him, his Ricky Starks storyline, what they did there, again, Ricky Steamboat involved, but just generally stuff with Samoa Joe. Thought that was a positive as well. So there were positives at AW this year. It wasn't just all bad, AW sucks, WWE is all perfect. No, there were legitimate positives at AW. Uh, sadly, in the second half of the year, though, it was few and far between. More, more often than not, AW would give you one or two good matches on in a show, and the rest of you go, oh, why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? Orange, Orange Cassidy as well, as we said earlier, was great. Tony Storm had a good year. We discussed the superstars specifically. Kevin, anything else on that or do you just want to move on? Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we talked Tony Storm. We talked Strickland. Their mm. rise was incredible. Um, i trying to think. I mean, Orange Cassidy was fun. Uh, Revolution, I thought, was a great show. Like, the beginning of 2023 for AEW, I thought was pretty good. Ricky mm. Starks looked like a big star with that feud. MJF going into the new year. Uh, then we have the the punk MJF. I mean, not punk Brian MJF match that you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, I mean AEW's positives. They were few and far between in twenty twenty three, and that's not even to be mean. It's just is what it is. Yeah, there's not a lot there. Realistically, there's good matches on AEW every week. Sure, good matches on Ring of Honor every week. Aside from some good wrestling matches not a whole lot to be excited about there's not there's nothing really that makes me want to tune in to dynamite every week mm. well yeah kevin i will mention the death match swerve and hangman I mean, we did a whole extra on that two weeks ago that was a big notable thing as well yes. be remiss to mention that um so i guess that's really all aw and that ties in with ring of honor ring of honor is just like a subsidy body of aw basically so don't need to cover much more on that i want to discuss a little bit of nxt before we close this out pal uh nxt deserves a shout out this year I'm sure Michaels did a legitimately really good job throughout most of the year. Yes. Um, obviously the most notable NXT was the one they went head-to-head with um, Dynamite. And then they had a lot of the shows, Cena, Undertaker, Cody, LA Knight, um, got like 970,000, whatever they did. Dynamite barely cracked 600. So there was that. That show was great. Generally across the board, Becky Lynch's NXT work and just what she did, putting over Tiffany Stratton and the future of the NXT women was great. The NXT women's division was decent, I thought. Across the men's side of it, Bron Breaker's developing nicely. Carmelo Hayes is developing nicely. They've got a good little base of talent building there. If you watch an NXT show, I didn't watch too many myself, I'll be honest. But everyone who does watch them, I hear fairly good things. I'm not hearing that it's meh. I'm hearing that generally it's good. 
continuity makes sense. So shout out Sean and everyone involved in NXT, pal. There yeah, you go. Carmelo Hayes. That's another breakout candidate. 2023. Carmelo Hayes had a fantastic year. Being the NXT champion for a while. Yeah, that, that was a good shout. NXT was really firing on all cylinders. Me personally, I can't come around to watch NXT. Just can't find the time. I would like to. Ideally, it seems like they're doing a lot of fun, good stuff. But um, from what I've seen of it, it's, it's really good and seems to be in good hands. And yeah, can't wait to see what the future has in store for those guys that crop the NXT crop of talent was Tiffany Stratton and, and Strickland, Wesley, Ron Breaker, Cora Jay. There's just a ton of talent down there right now. Absolutely. And then, yeah, Kevin, I'll round this out with one sort of just big question. I mean, we love our, like, what, what's going to be the legacy of sort of questions? Yeah. This is just a legacy question for 2023. I'll ask you. So it's sort of a three-part question, but it's all really the same thing. How are you going to remember 2023? You know, what's the legacy of 2023 for wrestling? and you know, just on the WWE basis, and if you want to throw this in here, it's been the best year since when, so. Hmm. Well, to yeah. answer that last question, I would say my mind goes to 2014. I would say 2014 was the last great year WWE. There was a ton of good stuff. You know, Brock Lesnar was running wild. The streak was ended. The Yes movement. You know, Super Cena. Hmm. Like, coming to an end. Yeah. There was a ton of great stuff. Sting. The Viper Series had an insane ending as well. That year, Sting, the Ziggler thing. Yeah, that's a great shout. Yeah, yeah I would say. I mean, that's the only year, really, that comes to mind. Like, mm. a lot of people like 2016, like SmackDown. That, no, I don't I don't know. Mm-mm. 2008 no. was also a great year. But I would say, yeah, 20, 2023 was the best year since 2014. From a mm. WWE standpoint. Granted, it doesn't have a lot of competition. If you look back at that whole 11-year span, the grand scheme of things, not a lot of competition. Yeah, um, I'll stand by the take I made that it's the best year since 2008. Uh, that's where I stand on it. Um, I've lived 2014. Uh, 2023 just had, I mean, the PLEs and everything we've discussed, it just felt like got more superstars as well, more big t- stars week to week. 2014 specifically had some lulls, especially the second half of the year. 2023 had a little bit, but not so much, I feel like. Um, But yeah, it's pretty close between 2023, 2014. I'd say 2023 is the best year since 2008. Uh, To me, I remember this year really as the WWE broke AEW, really. The year AEW AEW became redundant was this year. Um, WWE became just the go-to for wrestling again, which is a pretty, pretty cool thing for us as creators. Um, yes, the AW thing was awesome. I, I, I say it like it's gone out of business, but no, it was awesome in the sense of yeah, it's an alternative. It's something new. We've had years of Dean Ambrose getting needles up his poopy hole. We've had years of that crap. Now it's something new. It's something you know. Double is really bouncing and bubbling and vibrant again. So yeah, that's gonna be the legacy of twenty twenty three for me. The year WWE really got their mojo back and really just got the ball rolling, the machine going, and hopefully now we get years and years of WWE as they are now, and bigger. Bigger, better, more records, more amazing shows, more memories, power, more international events, more new stars created. The WWE's back rolling. So that's really how I remember 2023. Um, AW has just been, a, a, I guess, a means to an end to get WWE from point A back to point B again. That's how I view 2023. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. This was the year WWE became the big brand, again, as I said already. 
2023 was an incredible year for PLEs. I think that's another part of the legacy that we're going to look back at this. This is probably, I don't know if I'm going to be getting too crazy here, but this, this could this be the peak of PLEs? I don't know. That's a hot take. Like, is it possible to replicate what they did this year from a calendar sta- a calendar year standpoint? I mean, Survivor Series was a banger. Royal yeah. Rumble was a banger. WrestleMania mm-hmm. was a banger. Backlash. Money in the Bank. Clash of Champions. Elimination Chamber. Mm-hmm. That's seven of, what, 12 PLEs that were really solid shows, like eight out of ten and up? That's seven out of 12. That's, that's pretty incredible. I think they're going to replicate that this coming year. Um, Royal Rumble, you'll be there. That's going to be massive. Yes. That's just going to be the stars I'm on the show. So that event is going to be nuts. Elimination Chamber, I'll be there. That's going to be insane. That, that'll be probably Cody punching his ticket in a, an all-time great Elimination Chamber match. Rhea Ripley in a huge match. That's going to be amazing. 75,000 of us there, pal, in Perth. WrestleMania 40 is going to be nuts. Backlash is in France. That's going to be cool. I imagine the, the audience there is pretty pretty hungry for some wrestling, pal. That's going to be great. The, you know, Bash at Berlin. They're doing a show in Germany. That's going to be good. So hopefully SummerSlam. That's, this is the chance 2024 has to be better than 2023. SummerSlam this, this year wasn't the greatest. It, it just didn't click. Partly Ronda Shayna Baszler derailed the momentum. Partly Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso going 37 minutes. Everyone knew Jey Uso wouldn't win the match. That didn't help either. But yes, Survivor Series this past year, as you say, was a banger. It, there's, a, there's a strong base. I agree with you. It's a strong base to try and beat. I think 2024 will. You don't seem so sure. I believe 2024 will be better than 2023 for the PLEs. So. We'll see, pal. So yeah, overall, just overall thoughts on 2023, as we said, just to close out. Hmm. Great year of pro wrestling. Honestly, I mean, it's great to be talking about this stuff. Yep. Again, it's great to have like good content to talk about. Mm. It was kind of exhausting like coming on here and like, okay, oh, we got to talk about Pat McAfee confronting Vince McMahon. Oh, great content, bro. And now we have like good stuff. And, and I hope AEW sticks around because AEW gives us great content as well. Once yeah. we make fun of it and talk bad about it, they, they give us great content. It's a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. But whether it's uh, CM Punk shoot punching rich kids in the back, or it's Tony Khan having a meltdown, or it's Adam Copeland living out childhood fantasies with Sting, AEW is always a good talking point. I hope it stays around for a long, long time. Wrestling's more fun when there's two big companies going at it. Yeah, and I mean, we'll we'll cover this stuff all in our big calls and our shows to come in the next few weeks, months. But yeah, 2024... If 2023 is anything going, 24 is going to be a continuation, which is pretty awesome from our standpoint. I mean, I, I'm getting PTSD with you saying that, that stuff from a year and a half, two years ago. Oh, Pat McAfee, like the big talking point of the week. Pat McAfee addressed Vince McMahon on his show. Not didn't have him on. Pat McAfee talked about Vince McMahon on the Pat McAfee show. Oh, but what happened on Raw? Oh, Charlotte kicked a referee in the ribs. What about SmackDown? Oh, Ronda Rousey cut a promo. She called Charlotte a bitch. And Ron and Brock and Roman no showed. Oh, and we, we're so we're trying an hour podcast out of that. Like, yo, all right, pal, Are you ready? Yes, I am ready, pal. I got the globe. I got the globe. It's spinning. It's spinning. Kevin, where do you want to take us? I oh. think already. This has been a great podcast. Yes, yes. We're going this around has been the a world. Fantastic podcast, pal. 
how do you, what do you want to do here? You, you raised this saying we need to do around the world. I've got a topic. We need to discuss this. Oh yeah. What this is, this is great. So, okay. So a few months ago, you so kindly for the listeners, you showed us uh, some of the things that you eat for a meal prep. Uh-huh. Um, if I remember correctly, you said that you make like a steak or a chicken or something, and then mm-hmm. you get like the instant rice, get some yep. lettuce, right? Some yep. beans, some yep. cheese, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I looked at that. I, I watched back that segment when it took place, and I was like, oh, I'm going to try the Jimmy meal, pal. I'm going to go to the store, get some beans, get some rice. Yep. You know, I got some brown rice, yep. steak, cheese, lettuce. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go make this bowl, pal. Yep. And I remember I said to you, I was like, the way I grew up with the rice and beans that I eat with like heavy seasoning and sauce yeah. and like grease, <laughs> I was just like, I, I don't think I could eat this, bro. Like, I don't think I could eat it the way you eat it. Um, yeah. So I got a can of pigeon peas, right? I mm-hmm. uh, got some instant brown rice, made some chicken breast, got some like low fat, like cheddar cheese, whatever it was, mozzarella cheese. Mm-hmm. And I did not know what to do with these beans. I had no idea. I never, I've never, like, these, they were, they were, like, this big. Oh, um, wow. Yep. Uh, just having dry beans, is that how you eat them? Do you eat them dry out of the can? Just straight from the can, or do you cook them? Uh, no, like, the ones I have are just, like, I mean, just in the can, I just, I'll pour the juice out in, in a sink, and then just, like, dump all the beans to just eat them. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah dry. Yeah, exactly, so I, I try I mean, the beans themselves are wet. The beans themselves aren't, like, just dry Pass up, but like I don't eat, I don't cook them. Yeah, like, I know what you mean. Yeah, I tried that. So I tried that. I drained out the can. I was like, I'm gonna put these beans, um, in this bowl, food, and oh man, I, I had a tough time. I, I really, I, I couldn't finish it, bro. I couldn't. I, I, I can't eat beans like that. I can't eat beans right out the can. Um, I gotta have yeah. sasson and adobo, and I, I know none of you guys know what I'm talking about, but. You know, I gotta have seasonings on it, sauce, uh, potato. I like a potato and some ham and like pork in the beans. Um, I I, I tried desperately to eat. To, yeah. I tried for like f- at least a week. I want to say of doing this every day. Uh, could it make? Of what making my making my rations and trying to get through them? Yes, trying trying my best. I I couldn't finish a meal, bro. I was like, these beans are disgusting. Um. The rice, I mean, wow. the rice isn't bad. I don't mind the instant rice. I, I like the yellow rice. Have you ever had the instant yellow rice? Uh, no, not that I can recall. But yeah, I, I like I like the instant yellow rice. I like the jasmine rice. It's not bad. Um, so fast forward now. Last uh-huh. week, I'm making a meal prep, right? Uh-huh. Um, so I'm cooking with my lady. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, if you've never been with a Spanish woman, I don't know what kind of women you like, Jimmy. I don't know what kind of women are out there in Australia. You ever been with a Spanish woman? Uh, I can't say I have, no, but carry on. Are there a lot of them out there in Australia? Not real. Well, not where I am. No, no. But certain parts of Australia, there are, yes, but not where I'm at. So I can't say from experience, but would you recommend? Uh, yes, I would recommend if you like a little craziness in your life, if you like a little spice, you know, if you want to uh, have an exciting personal life, I, I would recommend mm-hmm. that. You know, if you're yeah. if you're a guy that like that likes like missionary pal as Roman Reigns said and you like same thing every day boring I would not recommend a Spanish woman I would stay away from them. Um, uh-huh. So one thing you never do with a Spanish woman is you never ever get in the way of them in the kitchen ever. Those of you who know know never get in the way. So I find this recipe and I'm like yeah I want to try this meal prep and uh, and it's like some steak. 
uh seasoned steak with like garlic, parsley, like chili mm-hmm. powder, whatever, paprika. Yep. Um and then it was some pasta. As I talked about on the last around the world, I went to buy this pasta mm-hmm. pal. Yeah. It, it delayed our recording. You almost, uh, you nearly lost a vessel. You woke up at three thirty in the morning for no reason because I was standing in a line in a grocery store for an hour and a half trying to buy ten items so I can make pasta the next day after we recorded. Um, so, <laughs> so we're here. We're making this pasta. Um, pasta did not turn out particularly well. And, and I, I'm only saying this because she admitted it that it did not come out well. I would never ever tell her that her pasta came out badly because. I, I like my life and I don't want to die. So, um, you know, I would never ever say that. So, um, <laughs> I'm trying this meal prep, right? And I'm like, the steak, phenomenal. I don't know. Are, are, how do you like your steak cooked? My steak, honestly, this might be a hot take. I don't, I don't care. I don't mind. I'll eat any sort of steak. Like I just like just eating. So you like it heavily, heavily seasoned? Like what do you like on it? Are you like from a seasoning standpoint, now based off my my lunch and what you've tried, do you think I'm into heavy seasoning or do you think I'm into just having it as it's cooked, pal? Yeah, you just like you it as it's cooked. I assume a little salt and pepper, maybe if Yeah, that is salt and pepper, you know that, that just, just keep you know, just put a bit on there. No, nothing too nothing too zesty, nothing too steamy. Yeah, so, okay, so I'm going to tell you what I ate. I'm going to tell you if you think this is healthy or not. So I saw this Instagram, this Instagram reel, and it's like, oh, try this recipe. So it was mac and cheese, low-fat cream cheese, low-fat cheese, uh, other stuff in there, Asian spice seasoning, and the steak with garlic and pepper. They said, the guy said, oh, one serving of this, one meal of this is like under 600 calories. Does that seem feasible to you? Does that seem real? That's under 600 calories. Yeah. No way. What? Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> no. I mean, it's low-fat cream cheese. You know, I get pasta that, shells. I don't know. I don't know. It didn't have a vegetable with it or anything. <laughs> Questionable. I, I wouldn't think so. Like, that just sounds... Uh, it, just, it sounds like a heavy feed. It sounds like it's not a 600-calorie little, you know, oh, just... Little, little fee that that sounds like it'll, it'll stay with you. So I, I don't know about that. I'm yeah, not. I don't know. So I'm eating this, and I'm like, this is really good, and I want to make this again. But I'm like, I don't think this is healthy. Okay. Like I don't know. So I'm eating it with like rice and like vegetables, and I guess that's okay. But I'm yeah. like, but the steak has so much seasoning in it that I'm like, I don't know. I don't believe this guy. I don't believe this Instagram yeah. guy. Pal, you're you're the victim of a conspiracy rig job. There were not that many calories in the steak, pal. <laughs> You're being lied to. The conspiracy of wrestling uncovered, pal. Yeah. Yeah, so to summarize, I tried this new meal prep. Mac and cheese mm-hmm. didn't come out great. And, uh, yeah, the steak came out great, though. But I don't know. What, like, what, what do you think for meal prep? Like, do you, like overall, mm. you're, I know you, you have your philosophy. Is that what you eat? Do you ever, like, waver from that? Or do you eat that same meal? Uh, I'm I'm a creature of habit. No, I I sort of stick with the same stuff. Like all oh, the same breakfast each day, same lunch, dinners change. Obviously, I don't eat just the absolute same thing every day. But generally, yeah, I'll, I'll have that pretty much most days. And with how my palate's set up now, I don't eat, eat as much fast food sort of nowadays. Like yeah, I don't get the Subway every other day. I don't get KFC every other day. I might have that stuff once every 
every old week. So really my palate is now like, oh, if it's 11.30, 12 o'clock, oh, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And then the thought of what I do, pal, I heat my meat up in that case, whether it's steak, whether it's chicken, whatever. And then what I'll do, I'll put it in my container, I'll get three bits of cheese, melt the cheese through it. So that really gives it, it gives it something. Is it the spice, the seasoning, the herbs, the yada yada you have? Hell no, it's not. It's still white boy food, pal. It's a pasty white palate. Um, but it gives it, it gives it something really nice. It melts the cheese through, you get some lettuce in there, some nice, fresh, crisp, like some iceberg lettuce, some really good lettuce. Oh, stop. Iceberg yeah. lettuce. Ugh. Oh, iceberg. Oh, amazing. I love it. Hey, you're talking to a white boy, pal. I am, I am white, pal. Yeah, this is like the embodiment of a, of a, uh, of a culture clash right here. Yep. This is, this is why we go around the world, pal. Yeah. This is why we go around the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah, pal. I mean, that was, yeah, that was an interesting experience when I tried your meal prep. I was like, so it was night and day. It was like, I tried your meal prep, did this, and I tried this steak with this heavily seasoned steak. Mm. I was like, I like this area a little yeah. more, but I just don't know if it's healthy. And I don't know. I, I feel like I, I feel like I, I don't, I, I, if, I, if I'm going to eat like steak with a bunch of seasoning and a bunch of grease, yeah. like I might as well just eat pork and rice and beans and, well, and like. on that, on that, this is just a general comment, just generally, all the seasoning, all the, the extra stuff, as I mean, you've, you've talked about this yourself, it, it, it's how weight gets put on a lot easier, <laughs> because I've talked about this, I struggle with putting on weight, and you can sort of see why, when it comes to actually what you eat, if you don't have the seasonings, the extra calories, the all that other stuff, it slaps on a couple hundred extra calories in some of these cases, with all the extra sort of bits and bobs that make it taste better and probably more generally enjoyable for most people. But I don't do, I don't partake in that pal and I'm a pasty white boy. So there you go. There you go. Yeah, I guess I just got to try yeah. a little salt and pepper pal. Oh, maybe not. If it doesn't sound like it's your palate pal and that's okay, pal. A late hate caters to the palate of all wrestling fans. That's all we need. There it is, pal. Well, I guess we're out of here for this week. Uh, we're like an hour and a half in. Yep talking wrestling pal it's been a, a hell of a show thanks to everyone who listened to us and we'll talk to you on the next one